part three. TDCJ number 06173725. It's not that you were caught drinking and driving. No. It's not that you were caught. I was just I, I was caught out of state you, though. You were caught out of state. Yes. Okay. Technicality. Technicality. But look, six years and eight months was when that happened. So I'm four months shy from being on papers. Lane goes in there and he says, other than what this file says, this is one of the guys, you know, yeah, I mean, he really was generally like, he was a solid dude. I, I was listen to that guy. <coughs> he goes, I recommend either we add another six months onto him or we give him more community service time. And until that time, until the community service is finished, his time to keep going, right? So then it'll just be on me. The more I work, the quicker I get off. DA's like, no, I think he's learned his lesson. I, I think he doesn't give a shit. I think that he should go to prison for seven years. And I'm like, hold up. And that's the whole point about deferred. You fuck up any time, even though it's four months off, they can still throw me back for the whole seven if they wanted to. So I'm like, hold the fuck up. I'm like, for real? So the judge is like, okay. He goes, let's reset this, blah, blah, blah. I'm, by this time, I got me a quarter point lawyer. So I talked to the PO, and PO's like, I mean, I don't even, and PO's like, hey, I tried. It's out of my hands at this point. So I'm like, fuck. Until the fucking uh, court point lawyer. I was like, there's no way of me not going to prison. She goes, yeah, it's pretty much out of the window. I was like, fuck it. Tell him I'll sign for two years right now. <laughs> like, just straight up. Because that's usually the bargaining chip at that point. When you're on that side of the fucking court, that's the only way you can get a DA. Because the DA doesn't really give a shit but if she's trying to set an example she wants the conviction right so just getting just getting me to sign for two years that's just them saying okay well she got that conviction she's got the good but why two years it's the, like well it's like the bare minimum for tdc and so you went from being four months away doing your probation to you saying i'll sign for two years right now right now the bare minimum yes just because the only way it helped me out was Every time I'd ever been in county jail for probation, it was backup time. So I had about, originally, I had about nine months of backup time, right? So I was like, fuck, if I can get two years, then knock that off the fucking 24 months. Maybe I do another fuck six, seven, eight, parole, because then you're in prison, you're actually getting parole, you're on probation, whatever. She comes back, she's like, the new DA doesn't want to give you two years. But if you sign for two and a half, she'll do it. And I was like, and I just wrote my name on that bitch. Fuck it, whatever. All right, boom. So that's the new thing. So now we're rolling. Your boy's about to go to prison. Well, hold on. So do you talk to your parents? Do you let them know, like, hey, this is probably going to happen? I'm- I made that call one day. I, like, told my dad on the phone. I was like, I was like, uh, I was like I'm probably going to be going to prison regardless. Nothing's going to help out. I don't want y'all trying to help me out with buying me another lawyer. It's not going to happen. I was like, I made my bed. This is what it is. Mom and dad were like, fuck. Okay. You know, I mean, what do you say at that point, right? You know what I mean? I asked that. They probably had a lot they wanted to say, but they didn't say shit to me. Dad's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) So... Then I'm just in fucking, I'm in jail, like, waiting. Because then you wait up to, like, you can wait up to 45 days for TZ come get you. So then I'm like, I start hitting up all the old schools I'm locked up with. I'm like, what do I need to look forward to? And one cat's like, 
start doing push-ups, dog. Like, start getting your game up. So I had to start getting ready. Like, I'm about to have to go do some more time. You're in county. I'm county at this time, waiting to go to prison. And so, you know, know, let me backtrack a bit. So Uh you talk to your court-appointed attorney. He was like, you're going to prison. Yeah. And you just say, give me the bare minimum because it will clear my slate. Yeah. You call your parents letting them know. I got, yeah, yeah. They agreed the two and a half. We had to come back for another court date to sign. Mm-hmm. So I got back to the county jail that night. I called my parents. I was like, I'm going to fucking go. And they just take it. Yes. Also, the reason I asked for the two was at the time in county, I was a trustee. And I made my way to be an outside trustee where they were letting me go outside of the county jail to work with a work crew. So there's been times where if you're an outside trustee for a county jail, if that if that one guard cuts for you and puts in a request, TDC will let you stay there doing the trustee bid, but your time counts. So this is all like a gamble. Like I'm trying to make all this shit happen at once where maybe I don't even go to fucking prison. That don't happen. Uh, they end up telling me that they'd only take six months back time out of the nine, which that's just a fucking... It's a losing fight, you know, for you to argue with the time. But it's like, all right, whatever. So you gave me six, so I got the two. But I can't even see parole until I do at least a third of my time. So you're in prison for eight months? Yeah. Before they even... Before I, the first time I seen parole officers, I was literally... The first time I met a parole officer, I've been in prison for ten months. God. And I saw them, and, and then straight up, like, I mean, they looked at my whole record... And other than those two felonies, I don't have... I mean, I mean, there's been times... Like, don't get me wrong, my record's fucking long. But it's, like, it's real but it's minor... Like but it's minor shit to them. Yeah. Like, like PIs, the disturbing the peace I've had, a couple of fights in public I've gotten into. Like, it's different if I was constantly had a record that showed I'm selling dope. Because, and here's the thing I learned. One dude told me in jail, he's like, I never tripped about going to prison. Because he's like, the way I see it is, he goes, it sucks I'm about to go do this time. But if I would have got caught every time I did something wrong, bro, I'd be in prison a long time. That puts you in your mind. Just because I got caught that one time, I was actually at one point selling dope when I was on probation. Because I was on unemployment, and I was like, fuck it. Went and bought an ounce, and I was flipping them hoes at the bar. So, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. The system, I mean, whatever. So, yeah, one night, get woke up in the middle of the night, call hitting the chain. They fucking strip you down butt-ass naked. They give you these fucking TC whites, sleeveless shirts. Get on fucking the old bluebird. That's what they call the bus. Because you don't know when it's happening. No. They don't tell you nothing. All they tell you is it can happen anytime between now and those 45 days. Because I don't want you to fucking try to, you know, uh, figure a way to get busted out. <laughs> yeah, this ain't the movies. You know, we're not in all the cartel. Yeah. Yeah. But Man. even then, it's like you're, <coughs> you don't have a watch on you. So it's just no, yeah, endless time. Yeah. So you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah, it's one night. I mean, straight up, it was one night at midnight. They roll around because you can tell when when you're in kind of just along, even though you don't. I mean, you, even though you don't know what time it is per se, like on the on the money, you know when it's chain day. You know what I mean? Like you're like you can you can you can hear everything that's going. Because here's the thing, those guards, they're just paid to watch you, right? I mean, they're not like don't get me wrong. In certain situations in high security prisons, those guys are putting their lives on the line. These old county jail deputies, those fools are babysitters. Babysitters with glocks. But they're babysitters. 
So if they don't have to get off their seat, the better, right? Like, that's the thing. That's why they don't like you fighting, because then they have to break it up. They get off their fat ass and break it up. They don't like hand out the mail, because they're like, I ain't a mailman. No, nah, bitch, you're a fucking babysitter, though, dog. You watching all these kids. So then you start seeing it, though. Like, you hear things. Like, all right, get these guys ready. You, you see them, like, after they kill the lights out, you can see them bringing in all the chains. So you're like, chain day, boys. Like, so they're like, shit, Russ, this might be your day. And like, finally, dog. Try to get the fuck out of here, bro. Blah, 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 that. Midnight. Bowerman, chain. Hit the deck. Like, hit the door. Boom. I'm ready. I'm already packed up. Let's go, boss man. Put my shit in the fucking bag. Get stripped down, have a fucking black girl look at my butthole. Make sure I ain't fucking like bringing no drugs with me. Get on the old bluebird. And then we drove. It was midnight. Before I got on the road, it was about 1.30 or 2 in the morning. Did you ever find out how many days you were in before they actually took you away to county? It was about a month. 30 days. From the day I signed that time. Wow. So I sat in like county just like for a month, just like waiting. Wow. You sat in county for a month and then what's going through your head? Because now it's become like, I signed for it, I'm in county, now I'm actually about to be in actual jail for the next two and a half years of my life, worst case scenario. Yeah. What's what's in your mind? Oh, dude. Because there's a lot of talk about it at this point. No, there is. There is, up to this point, it doesn't become real until they put those chains on you. No, until for you sure. Until on that bus. No, yeah. actually hit the deck. Yeah. I don't think it's, I almost think it didn't really sink in at first, until we got to the first unit they took us to. Because uh, I'm at a place. But what's it like? So until... So it's outside of Houston, though. But like, they take us to a unit. There's a... there's a From Houston, the closest processing unit is a unit called Garza West. Garza is outside of El Campo, I think. Off 59. Like kind of around Beeville area, shit like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's Garza West, there's Garza East. Garza West is the process unit. And so it doesn't sink in, really, until we get there. We get there, and it's probably about 5, 6 in the morning until we made a bunch of other runs, a couple other county jails, and we make our way down there. And it's that same shit. It's like, got a guy comes on the bus, like, everybody get off the fucking bus right now. Everybody gets off. Take your chains off. They go through, they do the roll call, everybody's accounted for. He's like, I'm Lieutenant so-and-so, this is prison type shit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. It's like Shawshank almost. Like you- yeah, pretty much. You get off the bus and then they're fucking, you go through the thing. Head shave, take those clothes off, you go through, you just jump around tank to tank. Really, that's the thing. The first day, you just get moved around to a bunch of like holding cells because they're doing all your medical, they're doing all of your fucking, they also got to assess what kind of risk you are. That's the thing. How do they do that in the first day? So, well, here's the thing is, so they got, in every unit they have, they call uh, gang task force officers. And those guys are ones that, well, really, they're made to spot out the repeaters. Because here's the thing is, their priority or risk situation is a lot more detailed than any county is. Because it's such a, because now you're like, it's the state of Texas, the penal system. So... These guys know that, let's say, for hypothetical, the Houston prison gang is currently not fucking, is currently uh, on an SOS status. SOS status means smash on site. So if you're, in a, if you're in a prison gang, and they're like, you see one of these cats, it's SOS. It means if somebody sees you, don't beat them up, you're going to get beat up. 
So then they're like, okay, well, you can't put these two people together, right? So then you're taking on, I mean, so they're just taking pictures of your tattoos. What's this tattoo mean? What's that tattoo mean? Mm-hmm. They come back and they fucking evaluate you. They get a gang task force officer in there that tries to, like, get you to admit. So then I'm like, bro, I've never been to prison, so none of my tattoos mean anything. When you get in there, though, it might be different, you know, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> and then finally, you just get moved into this cell. And I was in this one cell. It was like, uh, oh, it's so horrible, too. TDC, because that's all my homeboys have been to prison, were like, you don't want to go to TDC during the summertime. Because the original TDC units, none of them are AC. And it's metal brick buildings. It's got one fucking big-ass fan they put in there just so, like, technically you're not, like, taking anybody's rights away from them. You know what I mean? Like, inhumane treatment or something like that. But, yeah. Uh, at first, like, I mean, at first, because it was in there, one of the dudes told me, this is not, this unit is very similar to where you just came from. And the effect that the only people that are here are about to go somewhere else. So it's not really a prison unit in most prisoners' minds. So I sat, I was at that place for about six weeks. In your cell or in your unit? But it was, it was in my cell, but my cell was a cell of 48 guys. And the weirdest part was, was, uh, what happened? Two times I had to fucking yell at this guy. He tried to lie. But it was the weirdest thing was, there's this one homosexual dude who would sit at this one table while he's watching TV, but his peripheral was the shower. Because there's no shower curtain. Because the guards got to see you with like without no foot. There can't be nothing blocking the view. Yeah. So essentially, the way showers are, they're lined up right with the fucking view desk of the guards. So this guy's sitting right in the middle. It's like, hey, dog, don't be looking at me while I'm showering, bro. Same thing. We're back to the same thing. Personal space. You got to respect uh-huh. somebody's shit. Yeah. So, second time. And how far is it? So, so you get in your cell, reality hits. I'm in prison for the next 30 months of my life. Well. And you're making your way. I mean, are you trying to make it by, or are you trying to like thrive? I guess. Well, at this time, at this time, because that's, that's what the, when that guy told me, he's like, "This is just like you being in county right now. They're not going to move you too much unless you have to be. But you're, this is not where you're going to do most of your time." So I was just kind of like acting like it was county. Okay. I sat in my. I mean, I, I kicked it myself pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, played cards, played dominoes. So you assimilate slowly but surely. No, yeah, for sure. I had fucking, I had a subscription to Texas Monthly, so I was reading there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that one, I get moved to Raymondville, which is right by the border. Why do you get moved? Because the first year you're in prison, that's all they do. They just move, they just hop you around, unit to unit. Just, okay. just, just whatever. Like I don't know what their theory is behind that. It's what they do. Six weeks, Russ, you're getting transferred. Get sent out in Raymondville. Raymondville used to be a TDC unit. What uh, is prison time, if you can elaborate on that? What is that like? So, yeah, you just said, you know, I play dominoes, you know, I hang out, play cards. Nah, play my day to day was like, wake up, five or six in the morning, they're doing chow. Get up, you fucking walk about, I don't know, a football field distance to a cafeteria. That was the weirdest thing. That's actually, I'll take that back. I think one of the first times I realized I was in prison was the first time I ate in their cafeteria because it's like fucking cattle dude you're, they're just moving cattle and you get your shit and when you get your food 
they're lining you up on these tables in a row. So you're just hitting the table, you and four other guys. Table's got a pitcher of water, pitcher of Kool-Aid with fake sugar. Fake sugar. There's a sign on the wall that says, the state of California says this fake sugar will give you cancer. So then I'm like, ain't drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, but, like, the moment you sit down at your table, the table right in front of you, they've only been sitting down seven, eight minutes tops. The guards yelling at them, get the fuck up, because the next row of guys is about to sit there. Mm-hmm. So that's like, same thing with the guards. Make their job easier, because the quicker they can move you through all this shit. It's almost like the military. Like, yeah, yes. My, my brother's in the military right now. He's like, you have five minutes to eat. Yes. You get up, you know. <laughs> my biggest thing when I got out was, when I was dating Katie, was if we went and hate like, somewhere in a nice place, I'm still eating like I'm in prison, dog. Yeah. It's a hard thing. It's a hard mentality to break out of. It was hard for uh, my brother mm-hmm. to break out of. Because you're just so used to it for so long. You're like, this is the only way it becomes, yeah. yeah, it becomes like a fucking, it becomes routine. Yeah. So, you know, but, so, yeah, so. So you, so you wake up and. Eat food, crack a dawn early, yeah. and then what? Like, what's, I mean, what's a usual day like? Well, at that day? one unit, it was a thing, was like, you didn't have a lot of freedom to move around. Like, my usual day is easy, easy more explained when I got to the unit where I did most of my time. Okay. So, but, from Garza, I went to Raymondville. And here's the difference. Raymondville used to be a fucking, a TDC unit. It's not anymore. It's private prison. Privately owned company. What's the difference between day? Night and day. <laughs> Night and fucking day. There's a documentary Tommy Chong talks about. When he did his federal time, he was in a private prison. We were in the same, like, we were, like, we were, I didn't do time with Tommy Chong, but the place he was at is owned by the same place that I was at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Corrections Corporation of America, CCA. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Because here's the thing. And I tell people this all the time. Those small towns in Texas that have those prison units, that prison unit is really a hub of employment. And, and a lot of people don't realize this. If you work for TDC, like day one, you're starting to pay $17.65 an hour. That's a government job with government benefits, like the whole shebang. So if you're in buttfuck Egypt, Texas, that's a solid gig. What's private prison do? They tell the state of Texas... It costs you X amount of dollars to run this prison for a month. Let's say $500. Let's just throw a theoretical number out there. We'll do it for $250. How they do it, though, is because they're a corporation, that same person that's making $17.65 over here with TC, they're starting off minimum wage, $850, $875 to be a prison guard. Who's taking that bullshit job, though? But it's, it's always these little towns in the middle of nowhere. There's like there's I mean you can either go find another job or you can't but like a lot of people go work because there's nothing else there. Sure. Raymondville is five minutes from the border. There ain't fucking nothing around Raymondville. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is, <laughs> every once in a while when I went to the day yard, we were right next to a federal facility, but it wasn't a prison. It was a facility for people they caught running across the border. Mm. Also owned by the same people. Go figure. They had a pretty good. But so what's the difference between, okay, so... So anyways, yeah, so private prisons, here's how it goes. So remember I told you TEC, my homeboy said, don't do time in the summertime, there's no EC, right? Mm-hmm. When I was in Garza West, we pissed, one of the guys pissed off a guard in there, she killed that fan of ours for four hours. <laughs> it became 120 degrees inside that building in the middle of the fucking day, and then she turned it back on because essentially, like, somebody told her, like, 
if you have it off any longer, <laughs> like you're, you're breaking the law, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like this is straight up like, yeah, yeah, for real. Because like, and I mean, so then the only thing you can do when that happened was I was taking bird baths every 30 minutes, like literally just throwing cold water on my body, like keep, but it, like, everybody's sweating. Go to private prison, AC. Bro, they got fucking stars channel on the TV. <laughs> because here's how, because the way the private place is, they think of it like running a business. They're not in the correction thing. They're just like, okay, look, we're getting paid money to take care of these guys. Why do these guys fight? Because there's no fucking, like, there's nothing to do. So, give them, through the fact that motherfuckers, like, we're going down. Damn, they got satellite TV, dog. <laughs> like, homeboy's already like, I don't, I don't care no more. Like, I don't want to fight nobody. You know what I mean? It's like that mentality. They try to make it as bearable as possible so they don't have to be guards. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, just make the cattle happy and fucking yeah. we'll get the chick. Just keep everyone complacent so that there's no issues as opposed to... Yes. But private prisons are fucking corrupt, dude. Because I was in Raymondville. Here's what happened. I'm in Raymondville. I get put in this cell. And it was like a cell of like 28 guys. So each cell held 28 guys. There's six cells in one thing. On the other side of the cell from us is another cell of 28 dudes. And most of them are white boys. Uh, there's two white guys in my cell. An old man and then this one dude. He's probably about my age. He's a fucking punk-ass dude. But he was Aryan Brotherhood. I've probably been there about two, three weeks. So, they tell you, uh, there's a table. Russ, your seat is number 28. So anytime they pull you out and they tell you to hit the seat, you hit your seat. It's like, you know, it's a sign. One day I'm like, I don't know. I want to watch some TV. I get out of the fucking, I get out of the, out of my bunk. I go find my seat. And I sit down. And I'm like kind of watching TV, looking at the table, whatever. I start noticing there's a fucking local prison gang out of the San Antonio area. I always fuck the name up. Essentially, in Spanish, though, the word is... It's the word for big ear. Orihon or something like that? The Orihones? I don't know. San Antonio-based thing. Their shit is tagged all over this table. The dude who's my cellie is a speaker for that gang in that cell. He's like, hey, this is your first time. So I'm going to tell you. You can't sit at this fucking seat. I was like, excuse me? He goes, this is our table. The only time you can sit here is when they feed us food because you got to be sitting here. And I was like, okay. So I said, well, let me tell you something, dude. I was like, you got me fucked up because this is the first time. I felt like if I listened to what this dude said, this is the time where I felt like, oh, this is the time where they try to punk you out. I'm like, you got me fucked up, bro. See, the state of Texas... They told me this is my seat. So I don't give a fuck how many times y'all tag y'all's names on this table. This is my seat. I'll sit here whenever the fuck I want to. If you got a problem with that, it's called catching a shower. There's a shower, and that one was the only, there's a corner of the shower where the guard couldn't see you. So that's where he box at. Let's catch that shower right now. He goes, you like that? I'm like, and then the homeboy's like, some dude's like, that's the speaker that's gay. I'm like, then same with your cronies, dog. But you ain't fucking punking me out of this hoe-ass seat. This is the only fucking thing I got for two and a half years. This hoe-ass seat. You ain't taking that shit from me. So, whatever. Still member out. Shortly after that, 
old fucking Aryan Brotherhood racist motherfucker, he comes. He wants to chop it up me. I like your style, brother. This and that. You stand up for yourself. I'm like, you need to fucking kick rocks for me, dog. Don't come at me because I got a shaved head and I'm white. You think I'm racist too? Look, dude. I've been here three weeks. You know what I saw? I've seen your bitch ass stay in that cell on your bed like a fucking bitch. So why I want to join some gang of yours where you don't even have the balls to do what I just did. The only time you're going to act hard is when you, they let you out of the cell and you hit the yard with all your little Nazi homeboys. Bro, my daddy taught me how to be hard. I don't need to be in a prison gang to stand up. I got fucking nuts, dog. The word man's in my last name. Fuck out of here. Also, whoever goes to prison to join a fucking... All right, don't get me wrong. I'll say this also about prison real quick. That system is a segregated system. That segregated system works really well for them because the prisoners run that bitch. The reason I say that is this. When I'm in Rainville, before I get shipped out, two female guards get knocked up. They tell the warden that it was happening by inmates. Oh. So they fire the old fucking warden, bring a new one in. She puts the whole unit on lockdown for 45 days. Which means you can't go nowhere. That's tense. Yeah. When you're like stuck in one room with 28 guys, like shit's running hot. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Is that in TDC or that you said? That was well, yeah. That was the private one. Okay. Oh, so it's in Raymond though. Yeah. So. So, so you have all these amenities, and all of a sudden you get told no. Nope. Yeah. That's so rough. yeah, and so then from there, <clears throat> I bounced to a couple of little places. Wait, why do you leave Raymondville again? Is it just the system way it is? So how long are you in Raymondville? Do you ever track back like how long you were there? I was in Raymondville almost like six weeks, two months. Somewhere oh, around there. Like yeah, I was there for a little bit, but not long. That's a short tour though. No, yeah. But I mean that's just what it is. Like there's like, alright, you're going to the next place. So from Raymondville, I hit like three or four little units. Like I hit uh, I stayed in one of the oldest units in the state of Texas. It's called Darrington. It's right outside of Houston. Pimp C was out of. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, my homeboy, he went to state jail. He was at Pam Lynter. My homeboy was passing fucking toilet paper to Zero in PC. My homeboy was a trustee. Met Zero. He's like, bro, whatever. That's another story, though. Yeah. But yeah, I hit a couple of places, staying a day or two here and there. And I, they took me from. Wait, 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 it could have been a day or two. Well, no, no. But that's the thing. Like, so. I essentially got drove from Ravenville to West Texas. And then that trip, every once, like every so often, they would stop at a unit and we'd stay somewhere for like two days. And they'd put me back on a bus and keep driving. That's such a weird thing. That's how they do it. I mean, I get it from like. Because literally there's guards and. Yeah, but there's guards in TDC that are just like, that's all they do is just transport prisoners. So they drive. Like, I guess, I mean, I don't know how, like, I don't know how their whole system is, but that would happen. Like, we drove from Ravenville. To Houston, to Darrington. I stayed in Darrington for actually Darrington. I was there the longest. I was there for a week, and an old school two man fucking cell. Me and another guy. Then from Darrington, we drove west. We stopped somewhere outside of Austin. I can't remember where the fuck that place was called. It was a small ass like little bitty fucking prison, like literally less than two hundred guys. Didn't understand the purpose of that, but whatever. And then I got to fucking. 
West Texas. Do you Texas. enjoy the comfort of being in a small prison? <laughs> a lot less ego. Oh yeah, dude. Well, like that place was like all these old guys that like live close by. Fucking the guards were like, let them have better food than usual because it was a smaller group of people. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but if you're doing more than a year there, like I would already pissed off half these people, and then it would have been a shitty time. So, anyways, and I get up there to fucking uh, West Texas Mineral Wells. Actually, is where it is. Another private prison, CCA also. Um, they had bought an old Air Force base. So the unit was an Air Force base. So I'm sitting in this jail. I'm sitting on the transport line with my with my homeboy who just fucking signed. Uh, he was about to do 35 years. Aggravated felony. Um, aggravated assault? No. Well, it was aggravated because he hurt a bunch of people, but uh, he was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it becomes aggravating when you hurt people or you use a gun. Like, essentially, he was robbing motherfuckers. But he robbed a bank, shot some people up, signed for 35 piece. And, and like, literally, he Wait, was consecutively just... or... Like, he's just doing a solid 35, dude. Oh, and, with, and, and what really aggravated means is you have to do at least 60% of your time, 80% of your time before you're even eligible for parole. So, so you got to do 80% years. of your 35 years before you can even see parole. Board. So 28 years before yes. you can and this guy is literally two years older than me, and he's in the same situation. Never been in trouble. Like, never been caught. Mm-hmm. But then he, like, his dad's like, dude, like, his, they came from a poor family where his dad's like, even though you've never been in trouble, like, we don't even have the money to get you a decent lawyer. So, like, do what you do, dog. So, homeboy's like, yeah, man, I'm, he's like, when I found that out, I've been working out, I'm about to get all fucking tatted up, I'm about to do this time. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. And this other dude, big, tall, goofy-ass white guy's like, bro, they're taking us to Mineral Wells. He goes, that hoe is rock and roll. The term rock and roll means that unit's popping, dog. Like, it's a live-ass unit. So I'm like... So, like, there's fights all the time. So then now so I'm like, finally like... So now like, I'm just kind of like, casual standing my ground. Yeah, now it's like, oh, this is happening. So I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. All right, cool. So get there. I remember them and now walking... And what's that like, walking in? Because all these other prisons... Or you've set up to where, like, you know, it's a bitch, but, you know, it's, you know, I can manage my own ground, I can earn my own time, I can do my own thing. Now you're, like, it's like going from... Oh, this was a... That unit right there was a full-blown segregated system. Blacks, whites, Mexicans. No mixture. It's like you go from elementary school, where, like, it's kind of, like, football, to, like, senior year of high school. Yes. Like, you have to, like, figure this shit out. This shit is... Real quick, too. You have to think on your feet. And that's... And really... Being a, and I did most of my time was at Mineral Wells. Um, I think out of the, uh, I think out of the twenty-two months I was in prison, I did like eighteen at Mineral. Well, so look, so the six months they were going to count for me, but that um, that six months really never came to play because. I caught parole, like, because at one point in Mineral Wells, I got so into my lifestyle of being locked up that I was going to do my whole time. I didn't want to get out and do parole. I was like, oh, I want to get on parole. I did seven years probation. I fucked that up. Mm-hmm. Parole's a lot easier, but it's still. But so, so you do about a year in the first prison, then you do. But see, the boot camp, the year didn't, that year didn't count. Yeah, none of that counted. No, no, I'm no. talking about, okay. like, like, you go into TDC. Yes. You do, how long are you in TDC? So that's what I'm saying. So I go to TDC. I did six weeks at Garza West, uh-huh. did another like six weeks, maybe two months at Raymondville. Okay. 
And then I jump around for about a month to a couple of those other places, and I end up in Mineral Wells. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And then, so yeah. Yeah, so you have 30 months that you've done maybe about six only before you get to yeah. Mineral Wells? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so then, and then so that's So now it. Mineral Wells is like, this So is this is the rest of my time. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> so, this one dude's like... Look, man, here's how it's going to happen. So you get to Minerals. Do you get the story before you get to Minerals? Or is I'm on like... the way from that tall, lanky guy. Because okay. he was there in the early 2000s. And when it, and it, it calmed down a little bit, but what he explained to me was, he's like, when I was here in the 2000s, it was rock and roll like a motherfucker. It was one of the most popping-ass units on the whole state. And it's not like he checked in. He was like, hey, how yeah. you doing? How's your mother? You need me to sit yeah. It's like the last time I was there, it was still popping, and I'm... Oh, he's like we did. Bo- he goes, we had boxing fight nights every Friday night, like where they would like make handmade gloves. Uh, and this guy was an older dude. Uh, it's really weird. And the whole uh, speck of like prison gangs, because this gang is really not around much anymore. He was actually a white knight. Uh, a white knight. It's also a racist gang. Don't be wrong. Well, <laughs> no, because no, essentially, and that's yeah, sure. uh, no, the history said- of it is because like I was like kind of curious, like because the dude like has this tattoo. Oh my god, dude! Like when people like when I like when when you hear people say like I regret getting this tattoo, I think of this guy because the tattoo itself, the craftsmanship was solid. The detail was great. Sure, it was a clansman riding a fucking horse, dude. <laughs> like the Zorro horse, like we're in a fucking yeah, like all fucking heroic, all heroic, like yeah. So white knights were a prison gang in Texas in the sixties and seventies for clans members that went to prison. So that's how the whole White Knight thing started. This guy, first time he got in trouble was like early 80s. You know, and then a bunch of other times later on. But he's like, yeah, when I first went down, he was, my first time I went down was for seven years. So he jumped in with these White Knights. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah. but okay. So he's the guy telling me, he's like, when you get there. So he's going in with you. Yeah, like we're going to the same unit. And he finds out that I've never been to prison before. Other than the places I've been so far, he's like, "Well, look, all those places are fucking cheesecake factory." This motherfucker. I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "So here." He goes, "If you want to take this advice, you take this advice. I'm not gonna bullshit with you though." He goes, "You're gonna get to Mineral Wells. They're gonna fucking give you all your shit you need. They're gonna take you because this, like I said, this used to be an old Air Force base. So the barracks are our fucking units. The barracks are three story high. They each house about 200 guys." And it's on a piece of property. It's probably like six, seven acres in the middle of fucking nowhere. Other it be Mirror Wells, but whatever. He's like, when you get to your room, he goes, I'm not shitting you, man. You'll, they'll sign you a bunk. You'll leave. Within 10, 15 minutes of you being in that building, there's going to be some white guy that wants to chop it up with you. That's what he's going to say. He's like, hey, can we chop it up real quick? What doesn't happen right then is, he goes, bro, you, he's like, you're going to get in a fight. You just need to realize that. They're going to test you off the grip because they're going to put you in a class of whether you're a bitch or not. Straight up. I was like, all right. So he's like, if I was you, when you see that fool come in your room, he's like, i throw your bag down and be like, what the fuck's up, dog? So anyways, walking up, classic prison stuff. Fresh fish, all that motherfuckers yelling. You see dudes recognize other dudes like, damn dog, you just got out. Like there was a guy. 
that was released from that unit six months ago. He's back in that hoe. He's like, oh, these streets couldn't hold the dog. And out there, like, throwing up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, bl- damn blood, damn creep you back. Hell yeah. So, uh, you had a lot of white guys talking about, um, this is Peckerwood Heaven. Which at first, yeah. So at first, I really understand what it was. Checkerwood is a racial term from the twenties that black people used to use to describe. Oh, I know, I know what the okay. I just didn't white people. Yeah, I just didn't know. Poor white folks, though. Let's not be on. I'm not gonna say in the whole group, but usually in the South during that time, if you're a poor white folk, a black person could refer to you as a pecker peckerwood. So peckerwood, so (laughs) within prison terms. Yes, is the only gang. That isn't actually a gang. It sounds weird. So essentially it's like this. The whole segregated system, there's all white people. But within the white people, there's Aryan Brotherhood, there's Aryan Circle, and there's Peckerwoods. The Peckerwoods had the bigger majority of the number. So by that fact, off because I've learned politics being in fucking mineral wells. So Peckerwoods essentially were just, look... We look out for each other because in numbers, we can have the most protection. All we ever ask of you is that essentially you just got to fight when they want you to. Mm-hmm. If you got to fight, you're ready to roll. It's if we're going to fight, we're going to fight in mass. Yeah. Know, regardless of you know whether you're Brotherhood or Circle. Yes. But Brotherhood and Circle had no say in what Peckwoods would do. Sure, because they're not yeah. majority. Yes. You know, the and they know that, yeah. Yeah. But... Also, you can never let anybody call you a bitch or a hoe. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. God, that's got to be rough, though. Well, yeah. Well, here's my thing is. Because, like, you could even say, I mean, I, I like, obviously. I've been no, there's, but there's, then there's a smaller group of people in every race mm-hmm. that are what they call them. They call them solos. So, they don't want to claim anything. Those are the guys that get, like, they're really fucked. Up. You hear the fucked up stories about. Like, they get fucking uh, blackmailed and extorted by fucking people. Because there's like one white dude in there. He fucked up. And he just told one guy where his grand, his parents lived. Well, guess what? His parents, his grandparents, they live in the richest fucking neighborhood in West Houston. And this motherfucker who heard that is from Houston. And he tells everybody, this cat's got money. And dude, this guy has his parents sending him fucking money. And he's giving these people fucking commissary so he doesn't get his ass beat. And then there's guys in there that don't want to do that, and they fight a lot more. So I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck. So what do I do? Here's the thing. I wouldn't, A, I don't believe in anything the Aryan Brotherhood, Aryan Serp guys would say. Like, it's all this bullshit. You're fucking Nazis. Let's just get that shit across. But I'll say this. I don't understand why you would join that shit because every place I went to is what they call a transfer unit. You know what I mean? But if you really had to do, let's say, more than two years, they essentially say your first year and a half, two years, you could just be getting bounced around like I was doing, right? But if you're doing more than two years, after your two years, you hit what they call an ID unit. That's where you're doing your time at. There's rock and roll units that are like that. So, if you were to say, all right, I'm going to join the Aaron Brotherhood. A, you're a prospect for two years. Whatever they want you to do, you have to do it. There's no like, huh, I really don't want to. Do it. But on top of that, you're literally signing a contract that says even after you get out of jail, like if you get out of jail and there's somebody's like, oh, this dude lives right down the street from me and we're in the same clique, 
these cats come knock on my door and be like, we're going to have to go do some work. Bro, you could be out of prison four or five years. You're like, dog, I don't do that shit anymore. You don't have a say in that. So I'm like, A, I don't even agree with y'all's ideology. B, that sounds like a shittier deal in probation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, whatever. Get in there. They're like, hey, we want to talk to y'all. Walk in this room. I was like, so who's this motherfucker I'm fighting? They're like, oh, damn, you're quick to it. And I was like, I just say, let's get it over with. I'm kind of tired. I want to lay down. And so like, all right. So like, you're not not claiming nobody? I was like, I guess I'll jump in this wood pile just so I don't have to fuck with nobody. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm always down to fucking clown if the money's right. Because that's what I used to do. When I was in the wood pile, I would fight for cigarettes, for weed, for anything, dude. But if they ever need some muscle, like I was one of those guys. Like, oh, you want to go fight somebody? Like, let's roll. (laughs) <laughs> so I had to do this heart check. It's me against two guys for 45 seconds. I will tell you this right now. <laughs> 45 seconds is a long time when you're fighting, let alone fighting two different people. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, I mean like. So the fight lasts for 45 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And, no, and, and it was, it's, like, so fucking structured there. So there's a guy there with a stopwatch. This is the first thing. That's for the four, he's the timekeeper. If you fall on the ground, they won't they won't pounce on you. They stop the clock, let you get back on your feet, and you keep going. Mm-hmm. So boom, I do that one. Knock it out, blah blah. Real easy thing. Kind of hang around for like first couple weeks, just kind of like filling out everybody. But this place, it's a lot more open. Like this is one that like because now you're in a unit where they just let you walk almost anywhere. <laughs> my blood brother, my brother Ryan, was actually on the north side of the unit. I was on the south side. So I'd actually try. I'd sometimes, you shouldn't do this. I would break the rule and go across that line to go visit him. But whatever. Hey, you're in prison. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, you, know, you, <laughs> like, you know, that was my whole mentality. Like, what are you going to fucking do? Yeah. But um, then at one point, they're like, look, man, they wanted to. Uh, yeah, I probably got into, I got into another heart check with the wood pile because there was some young kid there. It was like, I mean, dude, he was just, he was a gullible crash dummy who was kind of a racist. He was like, I was like, bro, I was like, all this shit y'all say that somebody's got to be, I was like, I don't, I was like, I've already known that shit. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I didn't have a daddy that ran away. You know what I mean? Like, my dad taught me how to be a fucking man. So all this shit y'all are saying, I've been hearing that since I was five years old. So I was like, I don't really understand all this shit y'all are talking about. Like, all this shit you're trying to feed these younger, dumb motherfuckers, I ain't listening. Well, the higher-ups, they hear that, and that's the difference. They want to know who's the gullible crash test dummy, who are the actual smart guys. Because then, that declare, if out of those two things, that declares what role you could be in. So I'm like, look, man, I'm not here for all this bullshit. But guess what? If you want to give me a couple of free cigarettes every once in a while, I'll fight some motherfucker. I don't care. Boom. Always. I won't get into the prison right. That takes too long. Yeah. But because of the prison right, they were going to put the unit on lockdown. The warden came and met with the speaker of the fucking woodpile. And we set the fucking dictation, and she kicked all those guys out. And so then in my mind, I was like, we run this bitch. Like, there ain't no getting around it. Like, jail, every prison cell in state of Texas is essentially like that. Maybe every once in a while there's a fucking 
actual warden that probably holds fucking guard over shit, but for the most part, those private prisons are fucking corrupt. There was one dude in there. He was a sergeant. He was about two years younger than me. Two years older than me. Small town. Him and a wife. Three kids. He's making eleven seventy-five an hour. We tell him, we'll give you 50 bucks every time you sneak in a fucking can of dip or a pack of cigarettes. And he did. Hands down. No lie. No, I got you. So, I mean, yeah, no, uh, I did most of the time there. You did most of your time there, so you joined, you know, the Pecker, which is this non... Essentially, it was non, like, once you it's leave... It's like a non-denomination yes. for, for the racial group. It's yes. Like you don't have to pick... Because it's still segregated. You don't have to pick an ideology, yeah. but just know that... If you, you ever get called, down, if something ever gets called upon, you yeah. see another guy getting beat up. Now, how many gangs were there oh, man. during your time? Because, like, you know, obviously it's segregated by race. Yes, it's segregated by race, so and then you get into races. Whites. So the whites blacks, have like yes, Hispanics. yes, and then I don't know like yeah. some of the uh, Hispanics. Is it broken off to religion? Because I know that the, <clears throat> you know. With eh, not really. Because like with the blacks, the two big things you have with the well, actually, and that unit, there's three gangs: Bloods, Crips. And then there is a faction of black prison gang called Gangster Disciples. And there was like four or five of those guys in there. But that's a gang that's like nationwide big. So even though they were a small number, like they had some pool with like helping out other people and other units like that. Like, like oh yeah, I sent a letter to my homeboy right now. But these guys or dudes are doing a lot more time. Within the Hispanics, you have, and that was the thing with Hispanics. In said Texas, there's, like, we have Houston, like Houston, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I didn't realize I got there. Houston is a collective, like, of a bigger group. So in the state of Texas, that prison gang called Tongo Blasting. So Tongo Blasting was Houston, Dallas, which Dallas was cut in Dallas, Fort Worth, but it was mainly Dallas. Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. And then there was a small group that technically wasn't TB. But they were from the valley, so essentially all these little prison gangs were like local neighborhood guys. Mm-hmm. So that's how they cut. Now, essentially, if shit comes down to it, the TVs are all supposed to group together. That's not the case. <laughs> Austin, Dallas, Houston never got along with, with San Antonio. So the smaller group of the valley. Why? Because it's because it's, it's those Mexicans don't like those Mexicans. I don't know. Like I mean, that's like I mean that's it's like like such a trivial thing. Yes. But the San Antonio guys were more pride, like more community based. Where if any time some other Tongo blast from like another city was like, you shouldn't be doing this. They're like, I'll do what the fuck I want. And then all the San Antonio cats are always on their back. So it's like, well, fuck it, they're their own thing. Those are the dudes we smashed out the motherfucker. When I got into that prison riot, yeah. it was for the San Antonio guys. So essentially, one of the Tongo blast guys that helped us was a dude from Austin. He's like, technically, I can't help you. But he's holding the door so they can't get out so we can beat him up. I can't help you. <laughs> Technically, I'm not But here. Yeah, but like as a group of our numbers, we were the biggest. So like, How we big ha- was the prison population? And how big would you say um, was the population? The population of that place had to have been around... Count some numbers in my head. 
2,800, maybe 3,000. Wow. I'd say the Peckerwood's there, easily half. Wow. Like, easily half. Wow. And so it's like, then it's like, that's not my choice, though. Like, they're sending people here. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. even then, like, like the way their system yeah. works, like, there's people getting moved up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, like, that place right before it went under the reason TDC lost that unit was when that guy was there that talked to me originally I was talking about. Well, when he was there in those late 90s, early 2000s, it was a, it was still a TDC unit. And it was a a, a, a full-blown riot pulled out to where they were busting windows out. They had to call in the National Guard. Oh, my God. That place was on lockdown for fucking, like, two months. But they fucking essentially ran a prison riot for about a week straight. That's why the government had to call the National Guard like, shit. What was the riot? Do you remember what he told you the riot was about? Or? They didn't ever say they just like one day they was like they they and they pass out the word like that they're like it's going down today. Do it fucking we ride it. Hell, we broke into the commissary. I was eating ice cream, dog. <laughs> I was eating fucking bluebell like shit out here like living our best life, living my best life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I was there too though, one of our guys was a local dude. He was smuggling. He was getting the smuggle drug game going on. I got a free pack of cigarettes for catching earth balls. Because what was doing is his homeboy would go into the woods outside of the prison and they would fucking use a water balloon launcher and launch Nerf footballs over the fence. And we'd all be out there. See one coming? You run, you catch it, and then you run her out and you pass it off. So even if the guard saw you catch the ball by the time they caught you, it's already passed hands five different times. Yeah. You rip the Nerf ball open. Weed, fake bait, cigarettes. Hardcore heroin, like all this shit's in there. Did, was it one of those footballs that made the sound? Because you know, back in the day, it was like, <laughs> no, they, no, they're like, they're like, you can't use those. They've already like tested that series. They already tested that problem out. Like, you can't do the whistle one. Oh yeah, hear that bitch coming. Because <laughs> yeah, it was like, because like at nighttime out there, by the time it, it, got, it got so, it gets so dark so, out there because you're out in the middle of nowhere. So like, once it's nighttime, if you're not around like. Artificial lighting, it's pitch black. So they made the woods that you know could light and could whistle. So I'm just imagining. Never, oh yeah, like, I'd love to see glow in the dark uh, one, dude. <laughs> yeah, I like see when it when it, sp- it spins. You're like, yo, we got firecrackers out there. Oh shit! <laughs> I got a pack of cigarettes for that. Oh my god! <sighs> now what was uh you know so are you running? I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. Are you running? Because, yes, everything is segregated, but, you know, money's universal. Business yeah. is universal. No, yeah. So are you running for the entire prison? Like, you know, take no, money. no. So essentially, our dude had the connect and the know-how of the people locally to do this shit. So, and here's the thing, too, is. But once it gets to. There's cell phones. That, like, I'm in there, like, I'm in there when there's cell phones in that bitch. Like, like they're shitty fucking burner phones, but there's phones in that bitch. I called my homeboy a bunch of times. Like we're like I can tell him whatever I want. Um. Now they're more rampant, but when I was locked up, I never heard of these prepaid prepaid credit cards you buy at Walmart called Green Dots. So if one of the Mexican dudes won some of the cigarettes that we were bringing in, right? He's like, all right, I want five packs of smokes. Fifty dollars a pack. 
All right, cool. $50? Yeah, because what they do is they take a pack. Like, I see a dude take a regular cigarette like this, break all the tobacco out, and they would roll what we call three joints, like prison joints. They roll three of them out of this one. So when you roll one of those ones, that's a $5 cigarette. Now, all the work I did was just get a whole cigarette. I was like, that's all I want, dude. Like, I'll fight somebody for one of these. So it was that. So the money opportunity is there. Because even at one point, like when I was there, my homeboy was trying, like he was about to fucking get me a fucking cell phone in that bitch. Because if you get a cell phone, people are paying you $5 for three minutes. Because then, here's the catch on that though. <laughs> it's a big fucking, big thing you get caught with it. They had him hidden in the walls though, dude. Like, yeah, but anyways. But that one guy who was local, he overall did 12 years. He was about to leave. He got into the green dot fucking thing midway through his sentence. So, like, in the five and a half years he was doing that shit, he's like, I'm going to go home with $18,000 on a prepaid debit card. So, I mean, like, the the business booming in prison like that, business, that's what it is, though. The segregation all comes down to the dollar. But everything else is politics in that point. So, the woodpile can call the shots because we have the connects to get shit in there. But then we're making all the friendships with the hookups. But then that's all that happens is I, this dude doesn't have a card in his hand. He calls his baby mama. She tells him the 16 digits on the fucking back of the card. Tells homeboy. Homeboy's on another phone with his partner. And they do it on the internet. Like, there's on the website. Okay, I want to transfer $300 from this green dot card to that green dot card. And then, okay, yeah, it's got verified. Okay, all right, give him a shit. Good doing business with you. Just like that. I sat in the room and saw that happen one time on some weed. I was like, just like that? <laughs> like, it was like, it was so like, I thought it was like, oh, I thought it'd be more, like, and they're not trying to regulate it as much. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like clearly, like we've established in TDC, they leave no stone unturned. But in private prison, they just don't give a like, fuck, dude. Seen where you were hunter, Yeah, I think so. Pretty much. The less they got to deal with us, the fucking better, I think. Wow. Yeah, and then there's one rule: you couldn't jerk off. At all. Well, no, no, you couldn't get caught by a guard jerking off. Because, you know, there's a thing where, like, guys would like to jerk off on some of the female guards. <laughs> that sounds so awful. It is. It really is. Um, I was one of those guys, though. But that's because I met a female guard, dude. Like, she was like, I mean, there's chicks that work there. Uh, like, they're into this shit, bro. Like, my homeboy, who did some time at Pam Lynch from Zero, he got into a relationship with the fucking prison guard. When he got out, he's still banging this bitch. Now, she was older. She was putting J's on his feet. Yeah, so someone's getting... They're getting J's on their feet for jacking off in front of... Yeah, no. I mean, well, so... Obviously, it goes probably a lot further. Because I knew, I mean, I knew guys that were, like, banging these hoes. Like, like we talked about in a, a past episode. But I know a dude that had a relationship with his guard when he first got out. He moved into her house. <laughs> this is one of my homeboys from Pasadena. <laughs> and God, I, I think 
I think because of this. How long were they together? Do you know how long? They not were very together? long. I mean, well, the, oh, well <laughs> the whole time he, the whole time he was in uh, state jail, he was like, I mean, they were, you know, I'd say probably because state jail, it's no more than two years. Or now, I think they changed it recently, but like it used to be, that was a different. That's, that's the difference. Between, uh, people are like, what's well, the difference between state jail and TC? There's not really much, but state jail, there's no, there's no parole option. So it's almost like a federal term of like you're doing day for day. But you never get more than two. So any kind of any kind of um, big crime that's, you know, less than two years is usually a state jail, what they call a state jail felony. Okay. So my homeboy's in state jail. This is also the same guy that was passing zero toll paper. We talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. I don't know. So he wasn't there more than two years. I don't know how long it took him to Rico Suave, this chick. <laughs> but like, all right. From my understanding and talking to other people, this isn't a hard thing. This isn't a hard thing because I think essentially is, I mean, I don't know, dude. I feel like the kind of girls that go working in those situations, I'm not saying. <laughs> you can't say I'm not saying. I'm not, no, 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 <laughs> but I, I don't want you to take the broad statement that I'm about to say and be like, oh, really? Are they all whores? No. no, I'm not calling them whores. But what I am talking about is, is... There's two. There's really two solid personalities when it comes to female jailers in an all men's prison. That's either a chick that hates men to a certain degree, or doesn't care for the opposite sex, to where she's just busting balls. And then there's the other one that's like the, oh you seem like like the kind of chick that's like oh you seem like a nice guy. This <laughs> telling you that as she's walking you back from your visitation with your mom because you're like I love my mama. Yeah. Like, oh, you seem like a nice guy. Uh, yeah, stabbed five people like two years ago. Yeah, that's the thing. But, they they could look up their background of the. Yeah, people. I mean, I, I think I think if I was a chick in that situation, I'd be at least seeing like if I was like, oh, that guy's kind of hot. <laughs> but at the same time, too, like that was all things like with those preg- those chicks getting pregnant on that unit. I, where did you think you it, how this wasn't gonna, like what what possibility that you ran through your mind different scenarios? Did you think letting a guy who's been locked up for X amount of time, which Honestly, with dudes, bro, I'm telling you right now, there's times I did just one month being in a county jail, whatever, and still come really fast right when I got out of there. Because you're just like, I mean, it's like, you're, it's like, I don't know, it's, I don't know how to, I don't know the science, scientific term, but that's what it is. So where were you like, oh, I'm gonna let this fool raw dog me? Because you know, he's just fucking letting go. <laughs> like, just instantly, probably, like, two pumping it. Uh, <laughs> Just draining fucking his goddamn self. And then, oh, oh, I'm pregnant. What well, fucking surprise, surprise, Jessica. <laughs> but to get back to that one dude, I mean, I th- what it was was he, he was just pimping game. Now, here's the catch about the dude I'm talking about. I don't want you in your mind right now, like in our listeners' minds right now, they're playing this scenario as we're talking about, right? I don't want you for one moment to think that this female guard was hot. Okay. Now, my boy ain't an ugly motherfucker, but he's late 20s. She's late 40s. So there's a gap right there. Bigger woman. Like, look like she's been divorced and her kids done moved out the house. He's smashing that before they get out. He's like beating the brakes off. Because, like, what's she? Oh, because you know why? She likes bad boys. She likes getting aggressively handled sexually. And she likes bad boys. And then they're fucking a pair in heaven. But here's the catch. This is what that hoe didn't realize, because this is the greatest story that I've never been involved in. 
she didn't realize you have him in a controlled environment. You're the fucking, I mean, you know, I guess he gets, I, you know, also too, these chicks get turned on because it's more like a, uh, not BDSM, like a dom kind of situation. Sadomasochistic relationships. Yes. I, I mean, I feel like, I, you know what I mean? Because that's the thing is I'm not trying to make these two po- uh, personalities like just shallow personalities. We could be having people in here that have different feelings about the legal system, inmates, convicts, rehabilitation, all that. But on top of that, I tell you when to fucking jump, you ask how high. Mm-hmm. And some people get turned on by the shit sexually. Man, yeah, that's really interesting to think about that dynamic, though. And so how so how long are you in prison before you kind of figure out what your groove is, though, when all this is happening? Well, I still was kind of... Well, here, I mean, here's the thing, though. Because you know you have your tears, but I mean, I feel like it's easy to lose track of time when you're in there. So you're just kind of... It kind of is, but then... There's just times of the years where it seems like it slows down to like molasses. Mm. Like through the holiday stretch, oh, that's horrible. I was there for. Did your parents ever come during the holidays? Of I wouldn't let my parents go. They never came. They no. call you? First off, well, so my dad, that's the most verbal, that's the most, uh, and a like positive, a positive thing out of all that was me and my dad got into a better relationship through me going to prison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, straight up, like it's fucked up. But like we, we got better at talking to each other. Mm hmm. Cause me and my dad have the exact same personality, so like I could go for months without seeing him and like catch up in the sentence. Mm-hmm. But like there was a couple times, because I, I always call my mom every Sunday. I talk to my mom every Sunday uh, on the phone, mm-hmm. not on the legal phones. Like she, because she get pissed yeah. if I did that. She'd be like, "You're not the fuck. You're not learning nothing." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is about- cheaper, mom. I'm looking out for you. Yeah, I'm trying to talk to you, Bob. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. Long story short, though, yeah. But. You know, you're out there in fucking West Texas. My mom and dad are in fucking Houston. And I mean, just to be honest with you, my mom worked with a lady whose son was in prison for a long time. And that's the thing my mom said she always remembered that would drive her crazy is that her friend would always talk about how she fucking hated driving to go visit her son. Mm-hmm. Because she lived in Houston. Her son at the time was in Huntsville. But to drive fucking from Pasadena to Huntsville, that's a good stretch. That's... I don't know how far the distance is, but I mean, that's a good couple hours. I mean, just to wait for a couple hours yeah. to see him for less than 45 minutes mm-hmm. or less than an hour. And then you're just driving back. Yeah. And that's if y'all's visit goes good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause here's the thing, you know, either, you know, you don't know the day that your parent, your people are coming to see you. Are you waking up on the right side of the bed? Yeah. You know what I mean? You never, yeah. you never know. They don't give you a heads up like, Oh, Hey, your mom scheduled an appointment. Yeah. No, they just tell you, like, hey, you're, you got some folks here. No, yeah. But, I, so, like, we were so far away that I was just like, I don't want y'all driving up here just for that. Like, I like I feel like the shit I did affected their lives for sure. But then on top of that, I didn't want to add to it. Yeah. I was like I, like, I know for sure y'all are right now, like, hanging out with friends or family. And when people ask, like my dad, like, he wouldn't tell them. Like, he would, like I almost think it was my dad was being too proudful, like, prideful. Because people were asking, like, Oh yeah, Russ. Yeah, he's working out of town right now. Like he wouldn't like, you know, and then like some of his best friends, some like real close family, they'd know. Like, oh no, the motherfucker's in prison. But my dad didn't say that shit out loud. He would, you know what I mean, because that's when like I talked to my dad. That's what I found out from him. He goes, like one of the first times we were on the phone, I could tell he'd been drinking. He's like, yeah, your mom's at your grandpa's. And I was like, okay. So I talk up him. I'm like, man, in my mind, I'm like, I wouldn't talk to him this much if I wasn't in prison, which was weird because mm-hmm. I mean the call, the call's less than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like I could hear him, like getting all jerky on the phone. He's like, "I fucking, I failed you as a father." And I was like, "Whoa!" whoa, whoa. 
No, that's. I mean, it was so. Yeah, it's yeah, so. It's so strong to hear. Yeah. So far away over a phone, like you know what I mean. We're like right then and there. Like, dude, waterworks on me, and I'm in a bad spot because I'm guilty of this too, which is an asshole move on my part. Back in the day, though, we saw some cats fucking tearing up on the phone. Mm-hmm. Bro, we in the background, dog. Turn it, you know, dry it up, son, dry it up. Now we, you know, everybody there knows you're busting balls. But mm-hmm. guess what? I've seen some fools get knocked out over that shit because. You're already in this emotional point, and then you're like, oh, now I'm coming off looking weak. That was always a big thing. There's people there that as soon as they see a moment where you're acting weak or in their opinion acting weak, they're going to try to, like, it's so fucking, they'll try to fucking, they're trying to do sudden. Yeah. It's sudden, small, sudden, big, doesn't matter. So I'm like, oh, man, goddamn. Like, I'm biting my fucking tongue, and I'm like, and then finally I clear up enough where I'm like, the way you raised me didn't put me here. You know what I mean? I made these choices, even as an adolescent, that was against everything you tried to teach me as a kid. I was like, you did a good job. You know, I'm just trying to give him the, you know, here's something nice, whatever, because for all I know, I don't know what my brother's telling him on the phone. Because your brother is also locked up too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who knows, you might be telling my dad, like, this is all your fault, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I do know when, uh, oh God, shortly after the prison riot, my brother left How that. far into your uh, sentence was the prison riot at? Do you, do you think? I'll you say it was probably, it was definitely midway into it. Okay, so about a year. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but my brother had went home around that time after the prison riot. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, I was so pissed at him. Because like, the first thing, well, because the first thing he does, he gets home to my parents' house. And it's my mom, my dad, and my oldest brother, Robbie. So they're there to welcome, you know, my brother. Oh yeah, and it's also my I think at the time my sister in law. Mm-hmm. And I think they had one my oldest nephew at the time, not not three of them. But anyways, so eventually after like they kinda all had this chop chopping up and my mom's like, How's your little brother doing? Like she's generally worried. And my brother Ryan, who will probably tell you like he tells everybody else, like I'm way more crazier than my brothers because I'm the baby. Like they fucked with me as a kid. He's like, Oh shit, mom, he is fucking good. <laughs> This fool just activated a prison riot. He's in a gang. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just like unloads the shit. Your baby boy is is fucking locked down. He's catching nerve yeah. balls. Yeah. Out yeah. He's out here fucking living his best life type shit. He's telling her all this shit. And when I heard that shit, I was like, "What? What? You motherfucker!" Like I don't. I was like, "You mother- like why would you say all that?" But I mean, I'm not saying you're lying. But I mean, you tell you you tell my older brother that if he wants to know, like you don't be like, fuck, uh, mom, <laughs> yeah, you're out here fucking in prison riots, banging cats up, yeah, just doing real fucking deep block shit. Last I heard, he got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> doing good, doing good. Anyways, but um, no, yeah, so I, I wouldn't want him to come see me. Mm-hmm. It made it made it easier for me. Yeah. Here's also the thing that made it easy about doing time. I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't have kids. Yeah. That's a very, I mean, I've seen guys, I've seen some fucking hardcore motherfuckers that I would hang with, dude, and that they would generally scare me. But they're fucking married, and it's not like they're in a shitty relationship. It's just like, that's stressful. That's like, yeah, my son, my, my husband's in fucking prison for X amount of years, and I'm raising kids and trying to take care of all of us. Like, shout out to the women that stay with a motherfucker. Like, that's a down bitch, dog. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. You know, or if you're not a piece of shit, you should at least know that. But 
dude, yeah. I mean, like, these hardcore motherfuckers are getting soft because they're, like, just on the phone at a visit hearing their old lady bitch or, like, yeah, your kid's got a fucking diaper rash. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the lights are about to get turned off. First off, ladies, you shouldn't be coming to your man telling him everything that's going wrong in your life. I don't know. That's kind of fucked up. Maybe you should. Yeah, Make it feel like yeah. shit. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that's what happens then. Homeboy comes back. He'd be having a great day. His old lady just reared off on him. You know what that cat's going to do tonight? Beat somebody up. Square business. I'm like, if homeboy has a bad visit, there's a fight somewhere happening tonight. And I'm trying to watch that bitch. I'm like, oh, shit. He said that, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like pumping it up. And so I remember we talked about how you have to serve at least a third of your time before you're up for parole. Were you up for parole at any point during your sentence? Yeah. So how for did, not for well, yeah, for like for like nonviolent people, if it's mm-hmm. if your case is nonviolent, mm-hmm. then it's like about it's like about a third. Well, here's the thing though. Uh the prison riot was weird to me because I had already seen parole. I'd seen parole like maybe nine or ten months in mm-hmm. at that unit. But what happens is they don't tell you shit there. They just ask you a couple of basic questions, and they're like, "Where are you gonna like move out to?" All this other bullshit. And then they'll, then they'll, when they're telling you they're done, they'll be like, "Look, anytime between the next forty-five to ninety days, you can get a response back from the parole board, letting you know what we're gonna do." And really, the only options are you're denied parole, right, or you're granted parole, mm-hmm. or sometimes if you're up for parole. They get in that one meeting. They like we're pushing your parole date further back. So even though you've seen them that one time, mm-hmm. they're not even like that's all in kind of piece of paper you get in the mail. So then mm-hmm. it's like you just got to wait again. Like hey, you're back up to see the parole board. You and a lot of times guys don't even really know mm-hmm. unless they go through all the trouble like filing all the fucking things, going through the right channels. But yeah, so I seen them right off the rip because homeboys like literally had a guard tell me one of those units TDC's going broke. If you don't have a violent crime, there's a good chance you're going to catch parole your first time visiting because it's just like it's. I mean, it's a lot of money to fucking house all this shit. You know what I mean? I mean, which I, I can't. I think I might have got the number wrong last time. Remember, Wells holds 2,100 people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good amount of people that you're feeding every day and all that shit. Now that's private prison, so that's really well, yeah. Homeboy's like, yeah, TDC is just fucking going broke. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they told us, and that didn't sink in until I got to Mineral Wells. Because it was a private prison place, yeah. how they were saving money, mm-hmm. we uh, we didn't have lunch on the weekends. Really? Yeah. At that place on the weekends, they did not serve lunch. So it's breakfast. So if you didn't wake up at six thirty in the morning, yeah, <sighs> dude, you have like you're either eating out of the, your own little supply of like commissary, or you're waiting until dinner time. Oh. There's like no getting around that. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, fucking lunch was fucking trash in that place, anyways. But <laughs> it's the fucking principles, dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, you just need to get fit. I mean, going back to when you first got started, you took your shirt off to make a point. <laughs> for, yeah, for a lunch tray. <laughs> I need to be eating over here, man. <sighs> okay, so you're in. But that was the thing, though. I'm sorry. I seen the parole mm-hmm. board. It was a quick, uh, you know, it was a quick thing. That was your first time you met parole. Yes. About 10 months ago. But in. when the prison riot was kicking off, mm-hmm. I was waiting on my answer to come back. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, fuck, if I get in trouble for this shit. Like, that's the first thing they're going to tell me. He's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to give you parole. Like, you're over here fucking inciting riots. Well, your, your brother Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're one of those agitators yeah, that we no. hear about. But even then, I mean, I mean, but at the same time, like, I had that. That was the thing, though. I was like, I know. Like, I, was, I was in a mind frame there. Because even halfway in, I was almost about to be like, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to accept parole. 
And I just would have done the rest of my remaining time and got out. Because A, my criminal behavior was still in motion with that because it's it's essentially, that's what it is. But B, I don't know, man. I just, I, I kind of reverted back to like fucking the old mentality of like not really giving a shit about what, what I was doing and all that other shit. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, man. I'll do all my time. Mm-hmm. This ain't bad, blah, blah, blah. This ain't as bad. Everybody be talking about, I don't want to be on parole. When they gave me, but like, every time I did some bad shit, that was in the back of my mind. I was like, oh man, if I get caught doing this, mm-hmm. you get caught doing surf balls. Mm-hmm. This is bringing in contraband. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you're probably catching another case. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going back to court to fucking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? On a fucking smuggling drugs into a fucking goddamn state, you know, piece of property. So, Yeah. Thank my lucky stars. I never got caught doing any of that shit. But yeah, and even the prison riot. So when they gave me the answer, I remember this because that first part, I went through every holiday mm-hmm. of that year. Oof. And I was just like, and that was probably the fucking time. Like, that's what happens. I got so depressed. And I was like, so fucking. And I was like, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I think it was Thanksgiving. No, it was, yeah, it was Thanksgiving. Like, they go to serve your food. So, like, to like keep morale up. Mm-hmm. They give you one fucking candy bar and one 20 ounce Coke with your plate. Like, and it has like this fucking little more extravagant lunch plate you usually get because it had like all the fucking, try to do all the turkey, Thanksgiving shit, stuffing, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, the cranberry, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I decided to go back to my uh, back to my bunk to eat it, which I never, never did. I was always be in the fucking lunch hall, mm-hmm. just fucking cutting it up, fucking being loud. Mm-hmm. Getting aggressive with motherfuckers, mm-hmm. all good stuff. I go back though, and like I remember sitting on my bed with that shit in my lap, and I was like, like almost like tearing up. Like this is the most pressing fucking point of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what it is. Like I'm like, all my family's in, under one roof right now, and I'm here eating this shit, you know. And then and, like I'm not blaming anybody else but myself. So I was like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. So when parole gave me that answer. They're like, I was granted it. I fucking just ran with it, dude. And then that was also kind of a stress point after that because then it's like... Wait, so... When they're like, we're granting you parole. Is this on your... So the first time you get denied? No, no. The first visit was just them taking basic information. Oh, okay. Because what they want to do is they want three references of places you could possibly move to because they got to check where you're going. Mm-hmm. Check your situation. Approve it. Mm-hmm. And then they ask you a basic couple other questions. Okay. When... I get the response. It's a piece of paper. And that was probably after I seen the parole board. I want to say that might have been three months later, four months later. Okay. So, so I was there almost like 90 days, a little over 90 days waiting for the response when I got it. And then so from that point, it's like we're granting you parole. Your parole is granted on this date. Mm-hmm. And that was at that point now. Or what? Like it was almost like f- over six months away. Six months away. I think so. Yeah, we're at three or four. Yeah. And when you give or take. And when you get that letter, what's going through your mind? Like, well, first uh, you're kind of like, well, that changed my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm taking this though. Mm-hmm. I'll just get back out. I just want to get out of this motherfucker. Because mm-hmm. then, like, I started getting to where I was being more risky about doing shit. Yeah. And then I knew, like, I was like, oh, I'm starting to fall back into the like really fall into like fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it mentality, which is which. When I'm on that mentality, yeah, I'm a fucking horrible person. <laughs> and so, you but get, you get that letter. But you, then here's the thing: mm-hmm. hateful motherfuckers, mm-hmm. they know mail day. 
you got an answer from parole. So every, every fucking Jiminy Cricket's coming to the door like, what happened to all with parole say? Whether you're lying or not, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter because, like, that's the thing. Hateful-ass dudes, I've seen hateful-ass dudes find out one guy got granted parole, and he's not going away to fuck him over, but he's putting him in more risky situations. Mm-hmm. That's like, man, but that's your boy. Mm-hmm. Especially off your boy, your boy fucking got a chance to get out of here in the next five to six months, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to talk him into fucking catching Nerf balls in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Doped up. I think that's fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like, so yeah. that's what. That's also when I realized, no matter who it was in there, you know, they tried to pull a camaraderie. I might have started seeing that for a little bit around there, but then at the same time, like I had the cold, like truth, where I was like, "Nah, dog, this is a fucking den full of fucking thieves, mm-hmm. and all it is is a fucking fake smile to make sure you don't get fucked over." Yeah, because there's people that I'm supposed to quote unquote look out for a little bit, mm-hmm. and even them, I, I got to tell cats in that woodpile, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't fucking talk to your bitch ass on the street. Mm-hmm. That's real. Because, like, you're the kind of person I wouldn't want to have nothing to do with. So what do you do to start preparing for six months down the line once you get approved for parole? I kind of went back into the mindset, like, when I was in county. So, uh, (laughs) I wasn't, uh, there's, like, a little part. So when you, when you have, like, pretty much all throughout the day, um, if you don't have no classes or shit like that to take, um, like, rec yards open. Mm -hmm. So cats are out there playing baseball, basketball, lifting weights, running, handballing it up just doing those shit some cats are just out there fucking like it's the hood they're just posted up on the fucking corner like what's up dog this and that like anybody that walks by they're having a conversation with so when I was running a gun with them boys in the right way I was out there in that corner cause that's that corner was the new spot bro that's the fucking that's the Facebook in prison mm-hmm. that's what you're finding out anybody fucked anybody over within the last 24 hours you stand out there you're gonna find out there first and you're gonna find out what cats are talking about doing like right, this fool's about to box right now and like oh shit where Cause I'm gonna go fucking check Like that's what I'm saying I'm trying to be entertained yeah. So I can see two men Box it out I'm like Third floor We'll be up there dude Waiting <laughs> So I'll be that guy Waiting in the corner like, Oh what's going on here Oh shit Hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, I was but, up here Reading my bible in peace Yeah, yeah I was up here Just you know Thinking about it uh, But hell yeah Throw them hands Hands uh, So cut to you Now you're but, trying to But see. now So I'm like Alright I need to try to like distance myself away from the whole group where I'm not out there anymore. So I quit doing the whole nerf thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my age and size, I was still getting called out for other other gangs. If they wanted the, their people to fight out of their race, mm-hmm. I was almost fighting anybody that was a different race. But as long as they're the same size and, and about my same age, I was fighting. I fought like every race because mm-hmm. that's like some weird, there's some like weird shit to try to get in your head mm-hmm. that. You're afraid to fight out of your race. Mm-hmm. So the fear is more up to fighting like mm-hmm. a black guy. And it's just and it's just so that you don't get beat up within your own race. It's just like kind of proving your I guess. I thought it was more of a mind fuck with him. I thought they were just trying to fuck people's heads. Because I'm like, bro, like, which, I don't know. Like, I didn't see the logic in it because I grew up in a town, Pasadena, like, Deer Park early 90s mid 90s late 90s that area it was a good mix of a good mix of white hispanic and then um smaller groups of like asians and blacks so i'm like so growing up i fought more mexicans than i did white boys so i didn't understand like i'm not scared now the black guy i fought that will beat the brakes off me that's one of the best ass i've ever got 
<laughs> like straight. I mean, because I'm one of those guys. Like an ass whooping dude, you're not gonna fucking win everything, dude. Somebody tells you they never lost a fight, they're fucking lying, dude. They ain't been in enough yet. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that fucking because his fucking hands look like goddamn fucking ballpark ballpark Franks after they came out of the microwave. So like when his one fist like connected on me, it was only a couple times because he was a slow dude, but he connected, and I just felt like his whole face just like covered up this like this, because my eye pretty much kind of. Closed up a little bit, and then I he a fucking he hit like the inside of my mouth, like cut on one of my teeth. So I was bleeding on my mouth all night. It was a bad cut, like I didn't have to get stitches, but I was fucking spitting blood out every fucking time. Oh, uh, but the next day, me and homeboy, we fucking played a little fucking around the world. I beat his fucking bitch ass. <laughs> Basketball around the world, not yeah. no fucking like prison blade shit. I yeah. know sexual things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So, but yeah. So I slowly tried to distance myself a little bit but without it coming off so aggressively and then I went back to like in county when I was locked up anytime I've been locked up in county I read books like a motherfucker so I just started reading books again okay. so when people hit me up they're like oh Ross come on we're gonna go over here and watch these dudes fight I'm like yeah I'm right in the middle of Mark Twain mm-hmm. like this shit's real dog <laughs> but then yeah and I just started playing more sports like I, I got on the fucking White's baseball team that was a great time <laughs> yeah it was like every every Saturday yeah every Saturday it was like a tournament style fucking sandlot baseball game and I was like all white boys against all black guys against all uh, you know what I mean I was like and they teared it out dude like we were fucking we had a solid like 16 fucking game like tournament go out every Saturday what position were you a lot of times I played fucking I play either left field or shortstop were you alright I mean well that's the thing is a lot of these guys that played that's the only catches most of these dudes just had the power to fucking hit that ball. None of them like really knew like solid baseball fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy that fucking was a ba- apparently some badass baseball star in Oklahoma before he got caught with a bunch of meth. He was on fucking uh he was on a team and yeah, dude, that fool would he didn't really hit it out of the park too much because he was like that's easy. Mm-hmm. He's like I'm talking about fielding balls, making you motherfuckers run after it. <laughs> so he would like fill these hoes like aggressively, and nobody 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 on my team knew how to fill the ball like properly. <laughs> You know what I mean? But no, it was fun. I mean, that's the thing is that made time go by quicker. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So then, you know, you start wrapping it up. Was there something that almost screwed you over right before you got to parole? <sighs> or did you keep it on such a, like a low level? <laughs> I got high on some dro inside prison. <laughs> and for some reason, weed is like the fucking... It's like the black fucking egg. Like you don't want to get caught smoking weed because mm-hmm. they say if the guards smell it, it's like an automatic fucking unit lockdown for like forty five days. Mm-hmm. So then it goes back to that same shit. You just piss off a bunch of dudes about money mm-hmm. um, or own, you know, fucking up people's money and shit. Well, I got some one night on that one, one of my last Nerf runs. I got some dro. Mm-hmm. And me and my homeboy split up the nug and we rolled like these real small ass pinner joints. And I had that hope for like, I don't know, a while. I'm like, man, I'm going to smoke this bitch. <laughs> so I was at the fucking third floor, fire exit, fucking chiefing. And the guard never smelt it because it was like, dude, the fucking winters up there were hellacious. <sighs> so fucking cold and windy. Um, Yeah, but one of the dudes in the jail was like, one of the dudes in the fucking building was like, dog, who the fuck smoking weed? And when it makes a big <laughs> deal, it's like... Damn, dog. I was like, I thought there was, you know what I mean? And so then nobody knew it was me, but they're all asking around. I'm like, damn, that's so fucked up. And I was like, why is homeboy out here snitching, though, on the, on the side note? Uh, 
Like, dog, I thought we in jail because we keeping it real out here. This fool fucking snitching like his fucking he he drank too much goddamn Kool Aid. Mark ass motherfucker. So yeah, that and then uh, there was something stupid right before I fucking got out. Was it something that you were doing for someone else? Something that you did by yourself? No, I think I did it by myself. Oh no, that's right. So there's this one dude. Because I felt bad, dude. It was like the one time I felt bad for beating up a guy. <laughs> because, well, it was really all his fault, too, but... Yeah, way to make the victim his fault. No, yeah. Well, so he was getting contraband from... Like, he's a white dude, so he's getting contraband from fucking white dudes. All right, his money's no good anymore. So they tell him, you can't get it from us anymore. The header-ups are selling the same contraband to the speakers of the Bloods and the Crips. So this one white guy starts getting it from the speaker of the Bloods in my building, which is one of my roomies. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Gator on that southwest side. Because <laughs> uh, he was from Houston. But anyways, so then he gets fucking racked up with Homeboy. Homeboy owes him a bunch of money. He don't have no oh. way to pay. His family quit sending him shit on commissary. So he's just like, so then this is the politics of it. But here's the kicker on that is Another fucking smaller little squad. I think it could have been the fucking Crips on that end. Like he owed two different groups money. And had no fucking way of coming down to it. So the politics of this now comes down to this. Speaker of the Bloods and the Crips, they come to fucking the Speaker of the, white, of the, of the Woodpile. Like, hey, your boy over here owes us like $250. And it's like, so it's kind of like a pride game here, right? Mm-hmm. Even though everybody in our group's like, fuck that dude, you don't. You come off looking weak if you let the two black guy, two black groups, like uh, discipline him. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take care of that. But between the blood and the crypt speaker, that doesn't solve the money issue. Now the woodpile has the numbers, but that's also in the same sense that we have the numbers because we know that even though these guys keep it casual themselves, most times the bloods and crypts don't mix together. Mm-hmm. In these type of situations, but when they do, it's a pretty even fight at this point. Yeah. To where if it gets escalated, he was like the 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 my homeboy and the my roommates like real talk, Russ. I know you ain't no speaker. He was telling me one night, be like this shit don't get solved. He's like every one of you cats is lining up in the hallway. We're gonna do this shit because line up in the hallways are straight up. You're in the hallway, so and literally they line up to where the guy directly across you. That's the dude you're fighting. Mm-hmm. And there's nowhere to go because all the doors that close every door behind you, and it's literally however fucking wide a hallway is, which is like huh, less than fucking five feet, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn. And then, you know, I'm over here like, shit, dog. I don't know why you threatening me, motherfucker. He's like, I'm not threatening you. I'm like, sounds like it, you know, because now it's it's a tense situation. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we pay them back. We beat the brakes off this guy. <laughs> if I felt bad, but we, I mean, he put us in this weird spot. But why do you feel bad? So he's clearly compromised himself. I don't think it was so much. Well, he was an idiot to the point of he knew what he was doing. But he's one of these guys in prison where the fact that he was in prison was because somewhere down the road, somebody probably either fucked him over because he wasn't he wasn't a sharp guy. Like, I don't want to say he was an idiot or I don't want to say a hard R. I want to say the R word, as Tom Segura would say. But he was a fucking idiot, dude. Yeah. And so it was like, this is like your dumbass cousin that you're pissed out. He does dumb shit, but you're not going to be like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It was just like the one, well, actually, the one other time I felt bad was when I beat up an old white guy, too. But, uh, because <laughs> I was like, damn, this is what my life comes down to, just beating up fucking innocent, 
beating up innocent cats. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I get it. You feel bad because you're like, he's he's not smart and there's nothing I can do to make him smart. So he's just going to be dumb. Yeah. So it is what it is. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, I mean, so those things happen. But then as Pearl starts coming closer and closer, like... What are you feeling like the week of? Like, you know, now you've made it. Now oh, the week of? I ain't giving a fuck, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not giving a fuck to like, since like, I'm just straight up on like, on, on bed lockdown. Like, my homeboys are like, why don't you ever come fuck around no more? I'm like, I'm good, dog. I'm not, I'm fucking, mm-hmm. like, I'm fucking just waiting. Do the guards prepare you? Does the warden prepare you? Who prepares you to like, start getting your stuff ready to get out? Or do you know the date? Oh, dude. No, you know a date. Like that's what I'm saying. They'll send you a date towards the yeah, end. Yeah, they'll send you the date. But my question is, okay, you're in there now. Like, no, no, like there's no, the there's no personnel that like there's no kind of like it's whatever. The only thing that happened right before I left was I've been growing my hair out and I was locked up. Um, this fucking bitch, dude. Uh, this one fucking uh, she was a she was a lieutenant, I think. Yeah, she was a lieutenant. Fucking hot ass fucking guard though, dude. Like shit. Like she was she was the hottest of every bitch that worked there. But like. <laughs> For it being a small town in Texas, she's small town Texas girl hot. Like she's like, oh yeah, I fuck shit out of you, dude. Big old <laughs> fat ass fucking white girl with a skinny waist, like always having her shit in a ponytail. Like oh, I bet you always want to fucking bitch the manager about your food at all. Oh, good God, <laughs> some fuck put it all inside of you. Jesus, all of two pumps. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are. Any picture of you as a nice person now? About to yeah, get just out. Trying to make a boy. Yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> just raw dogging them. <laughs> And then, anyways, but um, she got pissed about something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the closest the ride did go after that fight time was a ride almost happened with the guards thought we were riding by not listening to them. So they got a little aggressive, and they shot off some smoke bombs at us. <laughs> um, that clearly didn't work because there was cats there that have been trained in the uh, tear gas retrieval. Yeah. So their hands are like wrapped in shirts and they're throwing them back at the cops. <laughs> or if you're ever inside, and I learned this too is if you're ever inside in a closed space, and, and I mean, hey, a lot of y'all that watch action movies, you don't see this shit, but I've seen a prisoner do it. The bean hole, there's like in the prisoner door, there's a thing called a bean hole. Usually it's for serving your food through a tray, right? But in TDC, they got a little bitty fucking circular hole right above it. And that's for when shit's getting real. Because the first thing the guys do is they try to sh- they clog up the bean hole with just t-shirts, whatever, just block it, right? So the cops have this fucking way in the door. It's a little peephole, and they shove that fucking tear gas gun in there, and they just fire a can off in the fucking in a, inside a, a a dorm, essentially like one of those forty-eight mans I was talking about. So I ain't never seen this shit in no action movie, dog. But I seen a fucking prisoner with his shirt grab that bitch and immediately throws the tear gas in the toilet. Because then it's suffusing under water and it's not smoking out the room, mm-hmm. so it's like, damn, like that's prisoner ingenuity right there. Like that's <laughs> how riots fucking, uh, you know, escalate. Because motherfuckers are like, hey, you know, George Young ain't wrong, dog. We learning shit in there, dude. Motherfuckers yeah. coming out PhDs trying to be fucking criminals. Jeez. But so we circle all of that back to you're getting ready for parole now. Yeah. So, I don't know, like the week like, of... Do you call your parents and let them know, like, hey, first of all, I made parole. Second of all, here's... No, the yeah, they knew, they knew all that going up. Like, when I got new news, because that's what I'm saying, I'm talking about my mom every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, anytime I got new news, I mean, she would know we're off the rip. Um, and so, then what happens is a parole person comes and sees you one last time, and then uh, this is when they give you the last slip 
and it's your reporting instructions for when you get out. Mm-hmm. But then it actually shows you your date, and it's like, all right. Uh, and I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. So you're gonna fucking. Do you remember the date you were released? I know it was two weeks before Thanksgiving. So November. Yes, I know. About the fourteenth. Yeah. 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 I was like mid-November when I got out because I remember that because like two weeks later it was like that time uh, like I was thinking of that shitty Thanksgiving I told you about yeah. so it had been almost a year from then mm-hmm. I had that shitty thought so I was like oh man like I like that brought me so much joy mm-hmm. because of that but yeah I remember I woke up that morning so it's already getting kind of cold around there and this fucking weirdest thing is they they like get these free donations of clothes from like uh, thrift stores or Salvation Army mm-hmm so when you're like they're releasing you that day because your property has already been you don't have any property with you because mm-hmm. when you're in prison the only thing you're taking with you mm-hmm. is shit that they approve so your actual like personal property when you first got arrested that gets released to your family like mm-hmm. right when you get taken to TC mm-hmm. so I come out that day with a laundry sack that I bought on commissary mm-hmm. that had all the shit I was trying to take home which was like some of my letters I kept some artwork I did a couple of books my mom bought me I wanted to take home. And then square business. I knew I was going to be riding on a fucking Greyhound for a while. So I had some snacks on my commissary in that bitch. Oh, so you... Yeah, because here's what... So yeah, that's what I was getting at is the day of wake up, they take me to a fucking room. Essentially, I turn in everything that's ever been issued to me at TC that's theirs. Turn it in. If I don't have everything, they won't let you go. Fucking... Uh, so whatever. Then from there... They take you to another room where it has all the Salvation Army clothes. They're like fucking just like they just hand you some shit. Mm-hmm. I hand you anything. My wife hates them, but I still got my TC sweatpants they gave me. Because <laughs> yeah, the dude just chucked me a fucking random blue long sleeve button up shirt with like some fucking gray pinstripes and then a pair of fucking turquoise green sweatpants. Do you ever wear them outside the house now? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I mean they're comfortable. But I was like, dude, this is it. Like, I felt like I was walking out looking like a fucking like a homeless person. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then they're like, they call out, make sure they're fucking getting everybody in the right way, put you on a bus. And that's when they give you that check, baby. A check. So when you get on parole, the state of Texas gives every parole person $100. But here's how they get you, though. Is, and it's pretty, it's, see, this is smart ass thinking. When you're getting released from the prison unit, they give you a check. And like, you get half now. <laughs> You'll get the other half if your bitch ass reports. So when you're leaving prison, they essentially give you a check with your name on it for 50 bucks. And then when you go fucking see your parole officer the first time, then they give you the other check. So you get every parole person when they get out, it's technically the state trying to compensate them for fucking dollars. Like that's sudden. Mm. So they take me to this gas station that's off of fucking some highway. They're like, this is where Greyhound's gonna stop. And then the state pays for your fucking ticket. You know, Greyhound comps all this shit. Man, I cashed that hoe at this fucking truck stop, bro. I bought two packs of cigarettes, motherfucking a soda, like a cold. I haven't had a cold soda in like almost three years at this point. They don't refrigerate. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Some places used to, used to just in the commissary refrigerator, but then by the time you got it back, you, like, you weren't drinking it right then. That was it. There's a way that I can make them cold. Science. Uh, I used to do that in fucking jail. But uh, that's, another, that's for another time here, folks. Yeah. I call that prison science. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I just start chain smoking, dog. Eat a fucking deep fried burrito, like 
God damn, this is freedom, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? All, I was excited, dude. Smelling fresh air. People look at me because I'm fucking in a button-up shirt and some fucking turquoise green sweatpants. Yeah, they're with like, some Timberlands with no laces on. I'm like, hell yeah, I just got out of prison, baby. <laughs> are you saying that, or are you just like? Oh hell yeah, I'm so ecstatic, dude. Like, yeah, I just got out, nonviolent. Sorry, I mean, I, so I really, mic. I really, I really hope that you did the thing that you did last time when you left. Um, what is it? The, the the other jailhouse that you left when you were on probation? Just Fuck bang, bang the windows. <laughs> as people were going out. Fuck y'all, I'm out. <laughs> but well, what's that feeling when you, you like? So you when you step out, like, do they drop you off of the Greyhound or do they? No, yeah. So like, well, because it was out in the middle of nowhere. So we step out of the gate. It's like on a side gate from the unit that nobody ever comes what's in and out of. What's that feeling like when you're like free, free? I don't know. I can't really describe it, man. I mean, it was weird. It just felt weird to be like. You've looked on the other side of that fence for so long. Uh, it's almost surreal. Like, I don't, I almost is like, are we supposed to be out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, for, like, where's that Kutra at? Uh, <laughs> am I getting punk? You're like, bro, you had nobody, dog. <laughs> so then, do you walk to the Greyhound or do you? No, that? no, yeah. So, like, right when you get out of there, the unit, the TC, the private person, they have their little fucking sprinter van. And they drove us to where the Greyhound picks up off the highway, which was a truck stop, gave us our checks, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. So Homeboy gives me my ticket, and he's like, Greyhound's going to be here in like 30 minutes, more like 45. Hop on that bitch. Went from there to Dallas. Jumped off of the bus station in Dallas. Got on a totally different Greyhound, and, and then straight shot to Houston. I got to Houston. I want to say it was in the middle of the week. That's right, because both my, both my parents were working. Um, so my mom's like, her older brother, my Uncle John, he's going to come get you. <laughs> I like how your parents, who haven't seen you in so long, are like, ah, we'll see you. You get here. <laughs> I don't, well, I well, my mom used to fucking go to work like five in the morning. So she was just like, baby, I love you. I'll see you when I get home. But like, I got, I already got your ride set up. It was my Uncle John. She's like, actually, you're going to stay at Uncle John's for the first night. I asked, wait, that was another time. I'm sorry. My old man came and picked me up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I know. It was the funniest thing that was when I get out of the Houston one, it's like fucking 12, 30, 1 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? And Do you get off at the Houston <gasps> oh. one in downtown? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's the only one they take you to, dog. <laughs> Which I know that Greyhound like a motherfucker, dude. So I'm walking <laughs> up and the funniest shit happens. I'm like so zoned out because, I mean, I know that my dad's going to be there because he knew the time I was getting out. But like, there's like I don't have a phone on me or anything like that. So I'm just like, I'm going to be, they say, I'm going to be here this time. So I'm walking out the main entrance. And besides my like ridiculous getup, I got that fucking laundry bag I told you about. It's all white. It's like mesh. Mm-hmm. Fucking one dude. It's so funny, man. It didn't snap till he said it. He's like, "I'm so glad you're out, brother," <laughs> because he had been in prison, and that's what I found out. Year like a year or so later, I was up at that Greyhound one time picking somebody up, and same thing. I told like I seen a cat with the same sack. Kay's like, "Aren't you just presuming too much?" I'm like, "I'm trying to tell you, the only place you ever find that shit is motherfucking." TDC commissary list, dollar eighty nine, walk laundry bag, square business. Like I, I like I've never seen this brand that color anywhere else. So when I said that, I was like, what? And then I look at the bag, and I was like, oh shit, like yeah. <laughs> you're like you free, man. You free. Congratulations, you out. So your dad picks you up. You see your dad. What's your reaction seeing your dad? It's my dad and my middle brother, and so I was hopping the back seat of a. I think he was driving my mom's car. And start driving. He's like, "There's no words. There's no. There's no big hug. That's like, my dad's not. My dad's not really one of those guys too much. <laughs> my dad's not a, like an emotional dude. Like, I mean, now as he's gotten older, like we hug now. When I see him, I give him a hug every time. But I was growing up, my dad would be like, mm-hmm. "That's your fucking age." I'm like, "I'm eight. 
He's like, be a fucking man, all right? Men don't cry. I'm like, okay, but seven year olds do. <laughs> so, no, I mean, no, I, he, I think he got out of the car. I think we kind of maybe hugged for a little bit, but I mean, it was instantly because, I mean, who knows how long he'd been up there in the middle of the night. He's like, all right, let's go. So we're driving. He's like, you hungry? Because, I mean, that's the fucking first thing any solid parent from, say, Texas is going to ask you off the rip. Mm-hmm. You've been gone for a long time. You want something to eat? Mm-hmm. What you want to eat right now? I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. What do you want to eat right now? Uh, no, I settled for Waterburger, but I wanted him to take me to fucking Dot's 24-hour cafe because if that's not home-style cooking right there, like that's the equivalent of like a Kelly's to me. Mm-hmm. There was one right by where I grew up at. And I was like, let me take me to Dot's. My dad's like, God damn, boy, I've been sitting in this parking lot. <laughs> He's like, I get, yeah. Well, my dad's like, I done gave half a pack of cigarettes out to these homeless people. I'm like, yeah, they're bad over there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, he's so grateful. He's like, yeah. God damn it. Anywho, yeah. so it, I do like that element of you're out of prison. What do you want? Can I have this? Hold on. No, not that. <laughs> he's like, how about Waterburger? I did sell for Waterburger, okay. which I'm mean, still hit, dude. I, I mean, you know, other than the fucking jerk off fucking McDonald's I had. Yeah, wait. Oh. The, well, see, like, yeah, dudes are getting J's. I mean, I only jerked off that that guard one time. She bought me McDonald's for that. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was in jail, I had a Big Mac fucking, fucking with the large fucking sweet tea. Uh, yeah. And then I had the most violent shit of my life because I mean, <laughs> my body. I mean, even though my I was eating shit food in prison, most of it was soy based products. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All that sugar. You've been locked you. up for that long, and then fucking next thing you know, it's like you have a fucking burger from McDonald's. Let's just be honest, ain't the best for you. Uh, preservatives and trans fats. Well, that shit runs right through your body when you've been eating soy for fucking last year and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But it was the best shit I ever took, man. Uh, Most satisfying, I'll say. Yeah. And then you meet your mom the next day. and led, She must be an emotional wreck. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I'm Are you like, an emotional wreck when you see your mom? You're like, uh. I gave my mom a solid fucking hug with all that shit going on. Um, um, my mom's a very... Uh, Good-hearted woman, uh, but yeah, there's a like she tries to hold it in, but like I bring it out, mm-hmm. or I mean, probably all of my brothers do, but like yeah. So then, like she's happy to see me. Like it sounds weird. Uh, the one time I don't remember much about that day too much. I remember the way she smelled. If that sounds, I don't want to sound weird. No, like that was like that was that weird like fucking chemical fucking impulse brain fucking shooting off it was like like that was one of the first times I was like yeah I feel like I'm home now yeah. like, you know what I mean like I'm smelling the inside of my house or my parents house time but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah I remember exactly what my mom smelled like mm-hmm. not a bad way but mm-hmm. yeah no it's just like this, the, yeah. these are the it's a comforting the, sense exactly these, these, yeah. are the, these are the things that you're familiar with that yeah. re- let you feel safe and comforted uh, yeah so that's a hell of a journey by the way like nearly a decade. God damn it, yeah. Yeah. How long were you in? Two years? No, he was looking. Well, the whole like the whole stretch he's talking about is a decade. Yeah. I caught that charge when I was eighteen. I went to fucking prison by the time I was twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Well, a little before twenty-eight, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fact, so. Yeah. <laughs> but also too is like that's another thing that um, I tell people sometimes. Uh, one of the great things I celebrated from getting off parole was finally having the right to to vote again. Mm-hmm. And like people like I remember one of my buddies. He's not he's not one of those guys. He don't vote so, but he don't bitch about politics. So mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I think he's a dumbass, but I don't care what he thinks. How long were you on parole? Like after you got out? Uh, that was 
I want to say that was almost like a, a little over a year. Okay. You didn't do anything stupid to fuck it up. Like, yeah. No, no, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, this dumb bitch looked like a fucking female version of Kenny Powers with a fucking mullet. Uh, anyways, she wasn't my PO, but oddly enough, because me and my brother were at the same parole office, she was my brother's PO. Mm-hmm. For some reason, dude, like, she did not fucking like me. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I didn't do anything to her personally, but my parole officer, oh, that bitch was banging, dude. God damn, that was hot. <sighs> what was weird was because I started talking to her one day, and she's like, wait, like, she's seen my fucking prison sheet, so she's like, got my fucking clover on my chest. She's like, you're Irish? I was like, yeah, my mom's full-blooded. And she's like, oh, no shit. She's like, I'm Irish. She's full-blooded Irish. I'm like, damn. In Texas, right? So I'm like, that's kind of weird, whatever this happened. Mm-hmm. My parole officer in the middle of Dayton fucking Texas was a chick that was born and raised in Massachusetts. Her dad still owns the same house that she grew up in. It's literally, she was like, I can walk to the fucking Pat, the Pat Stadium. That's how close they lived there. Uh, so she's a solid like New England girl. Mm-hmm. I was like, how the fuck? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be disrespectful. How the fuck do you end up in like Dayton, Texas? <laughs> well, she's like, but then she told me, she's like, well, she was like, I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, originally when I was a kid, she's like, I didn't want to be a pro officer per se. She's like, I wanted to be like a federal agent. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. Yada, yada, yada. But she's like, Sam Houston State is one of the top criminal justice schools in the United States. And it's also right next to a big prison. Yeah, no, yeah, because of it, yeah. yeah. My my cousin went there to Sam Houston State, and she told me, like, three of her friends were, like, going there to, like, essentially, eventually when they got out, they are going to work for TC for a little bit, but they weren't going to be a guard. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because, like, one of her homegirls was like, bitch, better not be getting pregnant. <laughs> She's like, I'm not one of those chicks. I'm like, yeah, they all say that shit till they see some, like, you know what I mean? Because you'd be seeing, be, some, be you'd be seeing some pretty motherfuckers in there, but they some cold, hard Headed fucking felons. It'd be funny if that was one of the things they taught you in class was don't get pregnant. Oh my! That, they have to have a class. <laughs> they have to have a class about etiquette or something, dude. There's got to be something. But anyways, so yeah, she goes down here, becomes a pro officer. She's married, has a kid. She has one son. He's like roughly like four years younger than me. This fucking she had a fat ass dude, my pro officer. <laughs> Big old fucking booty, dude. Like it was, it was. Unbelievably fucking great. I was like, so I'd flirt with her all the time. I go in that office, and like, I mean, that was the thing. She's like, I'm so used to like dealing with like old dudes that are fucking just like that are drinking and driving around here, you know, and this type of shit. She's like, you come in here, and she's like, always oh, got a smile. I was like, it's because it's you. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming out hard, though. I mean, boy, I've been locked up forever, dude. I'm spitting game at anybody. I had a black, I had a, I had a black female guard fucking call me a tall glass of milk every time she saw me, and I was like, I want you to drink me. I say some wild shit, dog. I mean, I'd be like, because I'm like, what do you? First off, I'm if I get if I offend you, I mean, I'm not gonna get in trouble. I mean, I kept it like tasteful. I wasn't gonna be like, I wouldn't say rude shit her, but I hit, her, I would like flirt with my PO every time. So, um, some smooth ass shit, smooth ass shit, dog. So, anyways, but towards the end, she hit me up and she was like. Hey, this one meeting suddenly come up, so I can't see you. She's like, so I'm not going to make you uh, have a visit. She's like, just come in, and then there's going to be another PO that's going to see you, and all they're going to do is give you a UA. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. That's all right. I'm not doing shit because I'm literally about to get off. Mm-hmm. Every piss test I've had on parole, clean. I wasn't fucking touching nothing. I was drinking every once in a while, but I wasn't fucking smoking no weed. Mm-hmm. Not doing no, no pow pow, <laughs> nothing. But <laughs> I take a piss test with this lady. 
it's old Kenny Powers looking bitch ass. <laughs> and she's salty one day. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I was like, look, man, I was like, maybe you're getting me confused with my brother who used to be on your case. Like, I know, I know the difference between one of y'all. I'm like, okay, well, uh, whatever he did defend you, because I know he did something, because yeah. that's my brother. <laughs> that ain't me, you know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure my brother probably said some very offensive shit. <laughs> Real talk. Like, he, he wouldn't have the balls to say it to you the whole time he's on parole, but I guarantee you his last day he's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, straight up, my brother's that guy. <laughs> okay. Like, he'll just wait till the end of this. So, like, we're good now. So yeah, you signed. Like, so I don't have to worry. Like we're just we're yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking cunt. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. So I go in there and this lady's just being a fucking rude ass bitch. Has me pissing the cup. The protocol there is they have the cup that has a little card on the side. Mm-hmm. They break the seal. The card is the drug test. So you piss in this big ass cup, and they take it right there. Then once that is confirmed, whether it's passed or not, they use that big cup to pour into a smaller sample bottle. Mm-hmm. They mail that to a lab. Mm-hmm. Protocol dictates that you're supposed to take a picture of the fucking results on the side of the cup, send to the lab. You and the uh, felon sign the paper. You know, Bob Boss, and like on my side, it's me verifying it's my shit and mm-hmm. this and that. She doesn't take the picture. I didn't catch to this. Mm-hmm. She throws a cup in the trash, gives me the paper. We both sign. So on my part, legally, I'm good. This paper's been signed by a fucking pro officer. But I take off. She realizes she fucks up. Mm-hmm. You know what this dumb bitch does? It's the only way. It's the only thing that makes sense. She literally just went in there, and she must have pulled a cup out of the fucking trash can. Oh. So then three days later, my parole officer's calling me because I actually had gotten permission to go down to uh, Mustang Island with my dad to do some fishing mm-hmm. and camping. We're like driving through Surfside. My parole officer's like, Back to scene of the crime. I need you to come back here right now. I was like, You forget I'm out of town? Mm-hmm. She's like, Fuck. And my dad's like, I gotta turn around. What the fuck? <laughs> He's all pissed. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, we were drove. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent drive. <sighs> yeah, Surfside to fucking Dayton, dude. That's probably three hours, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Easy. Regardless. So I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, your last test came back with THC. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I tell her that little error I caught. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, she didn't take a picture of that shit, blah, blah, blah. But I have the sheet. She goes, no, I'm looking at the sheet. But my, so then this fucking Kenny Powers looking bitch is all like talking shit about me because she forgets the whole situation. She's like, well, if he's dirty, he's dirty. Like, send this bitch out to Joe. Mm-hmm. Because what they can do is. One of the things on probation is, say you fuck up good enough. You don't catch a case, but you piss off your PO. Let's say you're like six months into a two-year sentence. They freeze your parole time, and they'll send you back. It's a unit. It's like a unit that's real close to that parole office. They'll send you there for like 30, 45 days, like a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. And then you come back out, oh. and they put you back on parole. So that's like worst-case scenario other than catching a case and going back. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, so anyways, but my PO goes to bat for me, and she's like, look, he's every piss test he's done, he's come out clean. This motherfucker's literally about to get off in like a month and a half. Like, I don't understand why he would just fucking out of nowhere. And so, was, so she's like, look, my boss is cool, but you're coming back Monday morning, pissing the cup, yada, yada, yada. I was like, all right, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. The day I got off of Parolo, when mm-hmm. she gave me the papers, 
she's like, because she knew I was about to, I was going to go down to Crystal Beach to try to help my parents. So they started an RV park. They started their own business. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go down there and help with maintenance. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I always told her about it, but like last day she's like, so what? You're saying like move down there? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, my dad's got like, my dad bought like three FEMA like travel trailers. Mm-hmm. And we, we rent those out to people. So he's going to rent one of those out to me for like $100 a week. I was like, I'm just going to be down there fucking beating on the beach live. She's like, she's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll come down there and fucking hang out. You know, I'm like, by yourself or? <laughs> I was like, you always stay in my FEMA trailer. She's like, she's like Russell, I'm, I told you I'm married and I got a kid your age. I'm like, he ain't my age. I was like, but I, I'm trying to tell you right now, I don't care. <laughs> just no shame in the game. I was like, you got a fucking fat ass. Because you're like, I'm done. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, my brother I was like, we're good. Like, I mean, regular person, regular person, you got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I would come inside of you just to get it onto your, God. <laughs> just to get your dad's season good. pats tickets. Because <laughs> her dad was like a season ticket holder, like all her life. So I was like, I mean, just get, marry into that family dog. And She'd you're like, like, I'll give you the tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah, you will. Especially when I come inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably too much. Probably too much. Yeah, but that's your last day. You drive up. It's the last drive. You're gonna make the, this whole saga that started out when you were 17 going on 18 is over. Yeah. You know, your your last day. It's like I am actually free now. Yeah. And that was the weekend. I took a picture with the python. I left the pro office, went straight to that beach. I got fucking hammered. Way to close that story. Yeah. Got yeah. hammered. Yeah. This is where. And the then the infamous fucking yeah, the, the lost picture on Facebook. I think you can reactivate your Facebook. And just get the picture and then deactivate See, it. See, somebody told me that after 90 days, they'll send you like a message asking you, do you just want to have it on hold or get rid of it? Because if you, and then they did Why? that to me a while back and I just like. Why don't you just check? I guess I can. Just check. And that way we can get the photos and then we can put it on here and then we'll be able to close out the story. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, the story closed out. I mean, we'll add it to the like page I guess well no, no 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 I mean like you know we're looping it and starting with one photo which is your prison photo and then looping it back uh, to the python photo because okay. the two photos God that we talked it. about like if you go out this is what people need to see yeah I, just don't, I fucking hate Facebook you I, don't have to like use it you just have to open it up okay okay I, I, I'll it. look into it dude God, yeah. man yeah, and I feel like I'm pulling teeth from this guy <laughs> It's all about creating content. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know for sure. I'm all about creating content. And on that note, guys, thank you, Russ, for telling your epic saga. How you went into prison a boy and became a man. That. <laughs> that sounds so so homosexual. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but that it literally sounds like the synopsis of a gay porn. Yeah. <laughs> he went to prison as a boy. He had two men come. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one said that. <laughs> you added I know. I was just adding that. Sorry. I was just trying right to that, throw yeah. a little spice on your life. Thank you so much to all our listeners. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Grandiose Bullshit.